Hello and welcome back to Rise Into Radiance. I'm your host, Mandy Rue, and today's podcast episode is going to be about how we shed layers of ourselves, of our past selves, as we step into further alignment with our dharma, our soul's purpose, and sacred mission. So this is a thread that I have personally experienced so much. I call it the purge. I call it peeling layers of the onion. And I see this in my clients as well when we start working together. Maybe like a month in, a month and a half, they usually end up what happens is we release environment and people and habits and things that may have been holding us back from living in alignment with our truth. And it's so interesting because when I first experienced this, it felt so liberating and also so scary at the same time. I had quit the job that I had been working at for like maybe like five years at the time and started my business, went like full-fledged into entrepreneurship right off the bat, which I don't always recommend. <laughs> but, you know, I I did that. I did that thing. And it was really, really liberating. And it also, in a way, like put my nervous system into shock, or I should say I probably put my nervous system into shock due to being a, due to creating such a drastic change and also doing things that are like not in our normal routine and so sometimes whenever we make any change our body is like what is going on right now like this is different this is weird you know good or bad change and so that's kind of why sometimes there's a tendency for us to like stay stuck in old patterns and cycles and things like that so the way that we were raised as children the way that we've lived our lives even after childhood right like relationships that we find ourselves in and all of that kind of stuff it really mirrors like what we choose as adults throughout our lives so say you had a difficult childhood where Giving and receiving love didn't feel easy or you might have been in a situation where you were always blamed for things, right? Naturally, as an adult, you'll end up finding relationships, jobs, and environments that mirror that version of yourself. So you'll date the guy that's emotionally unavailable or is talks down to you you'll find a job that might not fill all of your needs and you settle for less like that is kind of how that plays out and this is something that I realized as I got older and especially in therapy like mainly through therapy was that I kept attracting things that were from the wounded places of myself including my jobs friendships, relationships with intimate partners, uh, daily habits, everything, you know, it was really difficult for me for a lot of my life to find healthy versions of all of those because of my past experiences and the trauma that I experienced throughout my life. And, you know, I share my story because this is the same for everybody. It doesn't matter if you had an easy childhood. It doesn't matter if you had a difficult childhood. It doesn't matter, like, exactly what you've experienced. 
in your life. We've all experienced hardships on some level and we all play out these patterns in certain ways. And so as we focus on really honoring our mental health and creating, you know, a different life, a life that is in alignment with your soul, in alignment with your highest truth, in alignment with the version of yourself that is living the dream that you have for your life. You know, I like to do like five-year plans, three-year plans, year plans, and really like dream up the life that I want to create and allow it to be fun and, and creative and like a ritual, right? And so that's how I personally tap into that version of myself. And as you continue to like move towards that, whether or not it exactly looks like what you wrote down or envisioned, the more that you'll inevitably release things that are no longer in alignment. And so it's kind of crazy because sometimes like we just outgrow our friends or things change. And other times it's like this drastic like shift in feeling where it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't be here anymore. I can't be doing this anymore. Like this just like no longer feels good in my body and it's like the awareness that you cultivate through mindfulness through your spiritual practices and especially mental health care and becoming aware is like that is so crazy to me because you could be living your life a certain way for years years you know like I'm only 26. There's people that live their lives up until like their 60s and 70s in this way because we aren't taught by our society to actually slow down and really give ourselves the care that we deserve. And we're also taught to hustle, 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 grind, 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 you know, especially in the U.S. where I am from, like, we, you know, I live in a very capitalistic culture, which I'm sure mirrors the similar things for different countries as well. But especially in the U.S., we live in a very capitalistic culture where our success is determined by how much we can produce, you know, and what we can accomplish. And I think that that is very limiting and it doesn't really give us the space to like put self-care and mindfulness first And I mean, think about that. Like, when do you see self-care, mindfulness, and really giving yourself the space to process everything going on in your life as a priority? It's just sometimes not even mentioned, right? And so we are definitely in a time where I think that there's a shift happening, but this is really a process of getting unstuck. So you might be finding yourself in a period of your life where you're feeling really drained and burnt out and every day feels like you're trudging through freaking mud. You feel like you wake up in the morning and you're just like, Ugh, I just don't want to go to this freaking job. I don't want to do X, Y, Z. Like everything feels like a freaking drain. I have definitely experienced that and that was around the time that I did quit my job and take the leap to really step into full-time entrepreneurship 
But I don't think that you need to be an entrepreneur to actually make that shift in your life. I believe that once you start feeling that way and you become aware of that is when you can take the initiative in your hands to start making little micro movements. So honestly, I I think that it's really good to take leaps sometimes, but I think that real transformation happens in like the small micro movements and you'll do your nervous system a lot better because of the fact that you aren't full-fledged creating a drastic shift immediately unless you're in an in a situation that's like dangerous or something along those lines obviously you know there's nuance to this but I do think that when we're really wanting to set goals and reach our visions that small changes that we can implement are key um And so finding ways that you can invite in joy and ease into your day, maybe making a list of things that you know bring you joy and making it a non-negotiable that you actually spend time to do it. So this was actually one of the big things in the beginning of my journey was creating non-negotiable self-care boundaries. And once I started to really implement that in my life, I realized all of the ways that I was playing small, all of the ways that I was sacrificing my energy and, you know, that that feeling of like putting your head down and just saying, okay, even though you don't want to actually do it, that I realized that pattern and I was like, holy crap, what am I even doing, you know? And so... That's when I started to make the shift and do different things like teaching classes and workshops and really spending more time with my personal practice. And I think that it's one thing to make a list. Like how many of us make those lists every New Year's where we have a similar list each year, right? It's like similar New Year's resolutions. We make the list, we do it for a couple months, and then it's never to be looked at again until the next year rolls around and we're like, oh, crap. (laughs) So this is kind of how you can combat that, that is by really just doing small action steps each day. And so I remember when I was in the midst of burnout, I had a therapist actually ask me if I had the space to take a 10 or 20 minute walk. And I responded with no, I did not have the space to do that. And now that I think about it, yes. So around that time period, I was actually working from like, who uh, who knows what time is that? 6.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning until like 3 p.m. Going to school at 4 till 9.15 p.m., I was exhausted. And so many people live like this. So many people live like this. This is not unique, you know? And so I was like, no, when am I going to have 20 minutes to go on a walk? And now that I have changed my life, I realize how bizarre that was because I could have woken up earlier. I could have gone on a walk maybe in between that break, you know? And so this is really what I recommend for people who might still be in that space where you're 
feeling really burnt out is finding ways that you can invite in small moments of joy and pleasure. So when I get to campus or like get to where I'm going, I spend a little bit of time to really notice the trees and the nature around me, looking at the sky. Sometimes if I have an extra like 10 minutes before class, instead of going to sit in the classroom or going to sit inside somewhere, I'll find somewhere really nice outside to sit. I love using Insight Timer. It's a meditation app, and this is not a paid advertisement. This is literally just me saying this. I love it. It's literally literally just a timer and it has these really pretty bells and you can set a five to ten minute timer and that's a really good way to incorporate meditation if you're having like a really busy day and you don't know when you're actually going to have like a formal sit-down practice I feel like we get so caught up on like having a formal sit-down practice and that's not really like always needed you know I feel that the practice of spirituality and mindfulness is best implemented when we learn to take it off of our mat and off of like just in our just in our sacred space just in our practice room just in our house or studio but finding ways to implement that throughout the day so that we can really create a feeling of groundedness and wholeness calmness and a regulated nervous system throughout the majority of our time and so once you start to like implement these small habits throughout your day I swear to god like things will just start falling away and so this is on a physical level yes like as we were just talking about your non-negotiables for self-care having boundaries advocating for your needs being aware of what your needs even are I love if anybody's ever read Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. I love that book. So if you're someone who's moving through something like this, I recommend reading that book. It is amazing um, in regards to communications and relationships, but also being aware of your own needs and how to bring them to the table throughout your day-to-day life. But it's crazy how once you start focusing on nurturing yourself, things literally physically fall away, probably because, you know, you're going to be finding things that are more aligned. But also I feel like it's an energetic and spiritual thing. So the more that you become in tune with the highest version of yourself – the more that you will attract things that are in alignment with that version of yourself. And I believe that you can shift into that through your mindset and the way that you view your capabilities, the way that you view your ability to you know, reach a goal, to create that shift, and also the behaviors that you're, you know, doing throughout your day. So it's your habits, time management, all of that stuff. And so once you really embody the energy of the version of yourself that you're wanting to call forth, that's when you start to see miraculous shifts happen. And I cannot make this up. Like, I am so serious about this. You know, I've experienced this so much throughout my journey and through seeing like those that I work with and embodiment really is foundational to your lasting fulfillment and success and so I know that I've talked about embodiment a little bit on this podcast before but embodiment is really being in tune with your body being in tune with your spirit through your body and being able to show up as 
a more whole and integrated version of yourself due to releasing the limiting patterns, behaviors, and things like that that are, I want to say, old ways of being, wounded ways of being, the version of ourselves that were, were that child that didn't get the love we needed or that angsty teenager that thought the whole world was out to get us actively releasing those versions of ourselves so that you can step into a new chapter a new paradigm a new taking ownership of your life taking ownership of the fact that you are the artist you know and I think that the terms like manifestation and that even what I just said like you're the creator of your life they get thrown around a lot and it's important to think about the foundations that you have to set before you can get to that point and not even before but the foundations that you're going to continually set within your being because life is also life there's certain things that we can control, which are like our inner world and our responses to things. There's other things that are like out of our control, right? Like say that, you know, someone you love passes away or something really crazy happens. I am not of the belief that we manifest legit every single thing. I think that sometimes the universe like presents us with situations or we encounter challenges and we get to learn how to move through them and the more embodied you are the stronger your foundation is within the less these challenges are going to take you off your feet and so honestly that's really like what I believe like mental health care and spirituality and everything like that is really about is about deepening your capacity to sit with your own suffering and the suffering of others I think that so much of us focus on like I want to I want to get rid of the bad feelings and never feel them again and I don't want anybody else to be feeling bad around me because that makes me uncomfortable too and uh, I want my life to be perfect um sorry but (laughs) It does not work that way. It would be really boring if it worked that way. I feel like I'm getting the image. I haven't seen the Barbie movie yet, but I'm getting the image of like a world that looks like that where it's like super plastic and like fake. It's like this just just like rainbows and unicorns everywhere. (laughs) And I do think that we can alleviate suffering and, you know, release it. We don't have to be suffering as much. We lessen it through our spiritual practices for sure but a part of being human is also knowing how to navigate the challenges that life that life throws us you know and so that's why as you deepen your journey as you begin to step into the more full version of yourself and take care of your brain take care of your body take care of your spirit Honestly, for lack of better words, we just have less time and energy to deal with the BS that we've been dealing with throughout the majority of our lives. Like, really? Really? And so it's really about, like, bringing the unconscious conscious. This is kind of what happened to me in the beginning. So, like, when I was younger, I would always find myself in these really just toxic I you know the word toxic so cliche but toxic relationships like my first boyfriend was 
was <laughs> a hot mess. Like, you know, he did not... He was really mean to me, and I kept attracting people that were, like, mean. And, but then I also would be probably, like, it takes two to tango. Like, I think we need to take responsibility in, like, everything that we do. But, yeah, like, the first relationships that I had, my partner spoke down to me. They, like, treated me in a derogatory way, and I was just cool with that. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't cool with it, but I didn't know that love was not that. Like, I, I, I mean, I was really young. I was, like... 15, 16, and this is probably up until, like, around the time I turned, like, 21 was when I went through this, this, you know, pattern, and so I didn't understand why I kept attracting this, and then I realized I was like, oh my god, (laughs) this is literally, like, the exact experience that I dealt with in my childhood, And it was just such a crazy, like, I still remember when I finally came to that realization and I was just like, oh my God, like, uh, (laughs) so cringe. And so now, you know, I'm still like moving through, peeling the layers of the onion of what healthy relationships look like and how I can show up with while taking responsibility for my role in this. Because th- here's another thing is that I think it's so important to take 100% responsibility for everything, 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 and know that other people that you're in relationship with get to meet you there. And so I don't think that this is a matter of blaming other people at all for anything. I think it's really empowering to be able to look within yourself and ask yourself, why am I attracting this? Like, what is it about me that is attracting these patterns? And so we become aware of those versions of ourselves that we're moving out of a wounded, hurt, lost place and step into a level of awareness that allows us to see conflict and to see what is misaligned from an empowered place where we get to take responsibility, we get to communicate clearly, we get to create space if needed, you know? And so Another piece of this that I would like to bring into the conversation is that nothing is black and white. So when you're thinking about making changes in your life in regards to external environments, whether it be a job, whether it be a relationship, whether it be anything like that, it's not supportive or helpful to say this thing is bad, you know, like, oh, my job is just so terrible, or this person is such a horrible person, whatever. That creates like a black and white situation. There are multiple truths to everything, and they all can coexist. So while something might have not been aligned for you, it doesn't mean that it's bad. Right. And so when you allow yourself to take responsibility for the role that you are playing in situations, you're able to look at it from a bird's eye view and not give external things the ability to 
affect how I want to say like affect how you're feeling but I feel like it goes deeper than that like to affect how you feel about your life and your capabilities like I feel like when I first left my job I thought that my job was so terrible and that once I left my job that everything was going to be perfect after I left it and honestly I was in for a treat because that's not true you know so many of us want to just quit like or leave and we think that that's gonna solve all of our problems it's like the classic I want to move out of my hometown so that I can create a better life which yes all of this has like some truth to it for sure you know I'm not saying that environmental things don't have an impact on us they do but we can't expect them to solve all of our freaking problems you know and so that's why I love practicing like Santosha contentment like how can I be content with and grateful for for what I have in this moment and how can I also manage my energy to pull me closer towards a life that is in alignment with my highest truth with what I know is going to light me up and so that also releases a lot of like pressure that we put on ourselves about needing things to be a certain way before we can be happy and so when you find joy and happiness in the moment that creates way more freedom and ease in your body. And so with all of this being said, as we evolve, creating a practice of non-attachment, and that doesn't mean to be disassociated and disconnected. It means to allow the coming and goings of life to flow through, you know? So really practicing not making the end of relationships or the end of jobs or the end of anything means something about you, but knowing that it is the coming and going of the passings of life. And so this has been a big lesson in my personal journey as an anxious attachment little baby where I, you know, have had to really practice surrendering and moving into a feeling of security and groundedness within my body, within my being, within my spirit, because the only thing that is constant in life is change. The only thing that is constant in life is the fact that it is impermanent. And something that I realized after I lost my mom was that I was looking to fill that hole in my heart through other people, places, and things. But at a certain point, I realized that it wasn't going to be filled in the way that I expected it to be. And so this is is true for all of us. I'm sure all of us have lost something, whether it be a human, whether it be a, anything, right? Even past versions of ourselves where we want to find ways to fill that space. And I've realized that The feeling that we are looking for cannot be contained within any physical body, within any place, within anything. The feelings that we are looking for and that we are longing for, such as unconditional love, such as connection with spirit, such as fulfillment, that goes beyond the physical. And so whatever you're searching for is already within you 
And it's up to you to be able to tap into the awareness that it's within you and that it is surrounding you in multiple different facets. So I realized through this this journey and how I came to this realization was that I would meet people that either reminded me of my mom or maybe like mirrored similar traits especially like with my my teachers through school like they really really were mindful of how I was doing how my business was doing how school was going they like really actually cared about me and I felt that and it was the first time that I had felt that since I lost my mom that like I had people checking up on me in that way and I realized after the semester ended I had been with these teachers for almost a year I was seriously crying so much for like a week and I was just like it felt like my heart was being ripped out of my chest and I was like what like what is happening I was like I feel like such a weirdo I'm like who gets this attached to their teachers and then I realized that it was the grief coming back up. It was the version of myself that wanted to find like a solid form of what I was looking for. Like a solid, like this is where I could feel unconditional love again. This is where I can feel cared for. This is where I can feel, you know, whatever. Like feel like that hole in my heart was 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 full, right? I didn't necessarily consciously feel that in the moment, but looking back, I understand that now. And that is how I came to the conclusion that the what I'm searching for cannot be contained in a single person, place, or thing. Honestly, even if my mom was still alive, it probably, like, you know wouldn't be as perfect as I'm envisioning it now (laughs) three years after her death right like oh my god it totally wouldn't have been I didn't realize how amazing it was when I had it right and I still the thing is though the point that I'm getting to is when I had it in the physical form because we actually still have the things that we are desiring like that love never goes away that feeling of joy and fun and and all of those experiences that you had and the chapters that you've had to close they don't go away they're within you and it's also energy that you can tap into through setting an intention, through calling it in, through energetic alignment, and allowing yourself to see the world through the lens of an empowered, curious observer, through the lens of wholeness, through the lens of enoughness, versus the lens of pain, grief, suffering, and, you know, why did this happen to me? Why is this happening to me? Shifting out of that, and into how is this happening for me? And knowing that we we go back and forth between the two sometimes, and that's all good. And I think that a really big sign of healing is 
our response time, our reaction time, how how do we move ourselves back to a place of enoughness and of self-trust and confidence within? And so I'll leave y'all with that. I will see you next week. And I also wanted to share that I am launching a embodied leadership accelerator it starts on monday september 4th i'm going to put the link for that in the show notes and what it is is it's going to be a four-day immersion and i'm going to give you access to a virtual course for the first three days that are going to have lessons on embodiment mindset leadership, how to start planting some foundations for the visions that you have for your life and business. And then on the Thursday of that week, September 7th, from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be gathering live for a workshop online. And I'm going to be there to support you and help you with any lingering questions that you have. And so if you're somebody who has been moving through feeling like you don't have enough time to do what you're passionate about, feeling like you have a goal for your life or for your business and you don't know where to start, this workshop is going to be amazing for helping you get crystal clear on your purpose, your dharma, and beginning to map out tangible action steps to kind of like backwards engineer your vision. So vision mapping and also learning how to take aligned action from that place. Y'all, when we're taking action without connection to our soul and to what lights us up, that is how the feelings of exhaustion, burnout, and misalignment happen. So I'm going to teach you how to take action from a place that's deeply rooted in your spirit so that you can show up and serve your community to create lasting transformational change in the world through the change that you create within your own being. So again, the the link to sign up for this is going to be in the show notes and I will see you soon.